small things like pottery, like the shape of the amphorae found on old Egyptian or Greek or Roman ships can divulge tons of information about trade routes and how different ancient civilizations interacted with each other. So, you know, using the tools and everything that we use to find in that stuff, like sonar, uh, different profiles, mapping the underwater environment with magnetometers and all that stuff. And then going through the excavation and the salvage work of bringing back and preserving and photographing and documenting artifacts has gone, uh, done tremendous strides for our understanding of the ancient world and sort of where we came from as a species. So, yeah, no, it's amazing. I mean, you know, I, there's a recent story I, I was, I was reading about where, there was a, a Dutch trading ship that was, you know, the, the, before there were banks, right? Um, the, the transactions of banking happened over the seas, right? So if you wanted to, you know, move money, you had to literally move money. And that mm -hmm. happened in, in the sea, all right, on a boat. And so there were a lot of these treasury ships that, that left port and, and sank for one reason or another. And there's one in particular, a, a Dutch uh, treasury ship that had sunk in, and hadn't been discovered for years. And they discovered it. And of course, you know, there's, there's this, these two aspects. There's kind of the, and we should get into this a little bit. There's kind of the underwater ar archaeological perspective of trying to understand it. And then there's the treasure hunting perspective. And there mm. were, you know, there were both of these perspectives represented. And, and although I think the, the, maybe the techniques and tools and, and even some of the, um, the diving is similar in, in those two things. I think the philosophy and, and maybe the intent is different. And so they were talking about, you know, recovering all of these coins. They found it, they found, you know, pieces of it and things and based on the cannons that were still there and so on and so forth. And what they uncovered was they did find, you know, the proper um, coins that were supposed to be on the boat. But then they also started finding all these other coins and they were asking the question, well, what's, why are all these other coins here? And as they started to dig through this and, and understand it more and more, they found, you know, that it was a confirmation of kind of a, a myth that had existed in the historical understanding of this type of trade, that there was a black market for coins because the coins were worth much more, almost double when you got to the East Indies from, from, you know, from the Netherlands. Um, than they were at the Netherlands. And so uh, they they would take coins from friends and family and then use those coins to buy spices and other things and then bring them those spices back across and then sell the spices for double and basically double your coins. It was, it was a common practice apparently. And yeah. they found because of the location of them all that it was kind of ubiquitous across the crew. So whether you were crew, captain, officers, whatever it would be, that everybody was involved in this practice of kind of this black market coin trade that existed. And that all came from uncovering and recovering these, this wreck with these coins. And so, I mean, that's kind of one of the, just a kind of anecdotal story of the, the contribution of our understanding um, of history and where we came from that underwater archeology span contributes to that I think is really, really cool mm -hmm. and, and helps us, you know, make sense of our past, our history, connect some dots that maybe are, you know, myths or, or things that we didn't know 
Uh, and as you know, the old saying says, you know, there's nothing new history repeats itself, right? It's a, it's a cycle. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully you get better. We get better as a species every time we do it. And that that's part of the evolution of us. So I think it's a huge, a huge piece. I mean, history, obviously in archeology span in general plays a huge role, mm. but now, like you say, on being underwater is so new in the grand scheme of things that a lot of these sites, a lot of these discoveries are still virgin are still complete. We just don't know what's there. And so yeah. that it's a really interesting field. Yep. And uh, I mean, like, I mean, before we go back on, um, I guess like the treasure hunting aspect of it, there is a huge difference between treasure hunting and archaeology. And a lot of people call themselves like amateur archaeologists, but they don't really go through the scientific method of kind of contributing to understanding of, you know, history and all that. And a lot of like, if you take something off of a shipwreck, you know, like that's, it's gone. You know, you may not think it's very significant now, but a hundred years, 200 years from now, you might have an archeologist that wants to go down there and look at the shipwreck and not realize why that wreck is missing a porthole off a side of it or why the bell is missing. And you've destroyed, or at least maybe not necessarily destroyed, but you've hidden a piece of history from the future understanding of um, people that are going to study us, if right. that makes sense. And so there's, there's a long-term consequence to pillaging shipwrecks and taking treasure and treasure hunting. And a lot of artifacts are, um, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like public property, but the, the knowledge that comes with studying, um, history and art artifacts and archeology span and understanding ourselves, that is knowledge that does belong to the public. And by taking that and treasure hunting and destroying that evidence, you take away from future generations understanding of what it was like to actually be us, mm -hmm. uh, which is a sad thing when you think about it. You know, yeah, I don't want to be forgotten. I don't want to just be some like, you know, piece of dust in the wind. Oh, Greg, I'll always remember you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is, a, it's an interesting thing, right? Because how do you balance these two things? Because, you know, there, there is a feeling like I discovered it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's there for the taking. So I think about like, you know, the, the famous, you know, wrecks and things, the, the, the China fever that existed out on you know the, like the, the northeast and divers and northeast divers all these things right the wahoo all these all these stories that come out and there is you know a, this kind of an artifact of my dive right mm. um even even you know at your local dive site in the quarry or in in the lake or wherever it would be you know bringing back a little bit of treasure a little bit of that underworld even if it's a shell you know, or something like that. People, people are attracted to that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's even these bags and things to, to go and get stuff. Right. And so, you know, how do you balance those two things? What, what has historical relevance, um, and what doesn't, and, and how do you navigate those two sides of the coin versus, you know, the treasure hunting and, and what has archeological or historical relevance, I think is a tough nut to crack. And, and, and for the, average you know dummy like me uh, you know my rule is i just don't take anything because i don't know you know mm -hmm. what i mean and so like i'm not going to touch it um but 
but there are others that, that are more knowledgeable. There are others that are, have a different motivation possibly than I do. So I don't know what, what's your thoughts there? Cause I, I'm not sure if I have an opinion. I just don't know enough to have one yet, um, there, but you do. Um, I mean, this it's, it's an opinion. Um, if you're going to take something from a dive site, if you're going to take more than pictures and leave more than bubbles, um, you should be doing it through a scientific methodology that is attributed to some sort of preservation and better understanding of whatever you're taking from, you know? So if you work with, um, cause like, you don't have to be an underwater, arch- you don't have to be an archeologist to do underwater archeology span stuff. There are plenty of, um, you know, like, uh, internships and there's ways to volunteer and work for non-for-profits that properly go through a methodology of doing good science and good history. So if you're going to be a part of, you know, taking stuff off of wrecks and, you know, keeping it or donating it to a museum or whatever, doing it the right way scholastically through a true archaeological study or a historical study and documenting it and taking those artifacts and preserving them and putting them in a place that they can be of continued use, like in a museum or in a library or wherever um, that uh, wherever source that people can look to for knowledge. Um, I think that's probably the best way to do it. You know, if you want to get into treasure hunting, put a moral or ethical code behind it and do it for a good reason. And maybe they'll put your name on a plaque somewhere in front of the exhibit and then you'll get your, your little dive artifact. There you go. 